1: Brad right Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 453, September 9, 2020. 95 degrees on this day in 1947. They had some nice uh, summer days in 1947. And 38 degrees on this date in 1883.
0: And now, from
1: the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With rookie on production, Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense. Your Mayor,
2: Joe Souchere.
1: You know what I have my eye on in the weather records?
2: Yesterday, right? Didn't we do something yesterday?
1: I think it was the coldest ever at the airport, or something, for that day.
2: Coldest high temperature, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I have my eye out for the last ninety of the year. I, I think Ooh. we're, I think we still are good for a couple of weeks. But that's always a turning point, isn't it? The last ninety.
2: Yeah. It. Uh, it has. Right not- now, I'd settle for eighty. <laughs> It has not felt like the last few days of summer, these last couple of days.
1: It's breaking now, most principally on CNN and the Washington Post and everywhere else, that Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, uh, which CNN got an early copy of, uh, reveals through 18 interviews Woodward had with Trump, all of which were taped and can be heard, CNN's playing them right now, that Trump knew uh, early in January, for example, he knew early that the uh, COVID 19 was a serious, serious threat to the country, and he called it worse than even some of the most virulent flus. Uh, he was entirely aware of all this, and that, but yet in public, he was saying it's a hoax. We got it under control. It's going to go away. And I don't know how the country will react to this. Uh, some will say, because Trump's when Woodward said well why aren't you making that public Trump said I don't want to cause a panic.
0: I believe that, him, don't
2: you? that he didn't want to cause a panic. No,
1: you don't. Well, no.
0: why wouldn't you believe that?
1: Well, because he had a duty to inform the country of the danger the country faced and his 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 fans will say, "Yes, he was trying to do us a favor. He was trying to soften the blow. He was trying to prevent panic." And I would imagine his critics will say, "Well, he failed to do what he was entrusted to do as the head of a state. That he was he had a he had a duty, a sworn duty to protect the country, and that it had had the uh, had early admonishments about masks and social distancing and, and lockdowns taken place. Uh, you'll you'll find you know CNN will be able to parade a variety of." experts on the screen including their doctor sanjay gupta who will say yeah thousands of lives might have been saved
2: but they're not any more credible than anybody else right now
1: i'm just presenting the facts as they're breaking sure. right now I, have I don't an know agenda
2: and you know that
1: I, of course i don't know how this will play out i don't know how the public will react to this i think predictably i think the public will react to this as they react to everything from this administration half the country will believe it and half the country won't yeah but you, it, unlike these alleged remarks he was said to have made about soldiers, I'm finding more and more people, by the way, refuting those yeah, I remarks that, that Trump was claiming to me.
3: Unlike so, what, that,
1: here you have it. Here you have his voice on tape, seeing it. So there's yeah. no there's no reason to d- say this is the product of a media hit job or whatever. This was Trump
2: granting. Woodward, 18 interviews. So what was the date? Excuse me. I, I, I know you mentioned it, but what was the date of the Woodward interviews or the series of interviews that he did with Last him? winter, wasn't it? Well, they started.
1: Uh, they started in December of 19 and went through July of this year. So...
2: Let's just say he had... The the interviews covered the whole gamut of of how the virus played out so far. So let's say he did come out, the president now. Let's say the president did come out and say, this is awful, we're all going to get it, a lot of us are going to die. Could you even
0: imagine what would have happened in this country?
1: Well, I don't think that's what you would have had to say. There's there's well, a there's Yeah, a more... that's
0: my question to you. What what should he have done? Uh, ladies
1: and gentlemen of the United States, I've been informed by people uh, closest to me and uh, my security team and uh, White House officials and doctors that uh, a virus uh, originating in Wuhan, China has is uh, has made it among us. It's uh, it can be dangerous. We must take precautions. Let's all begin to be careful this very minute as we continue to prepare. Uh for the inevitable results of this but we can we can diminish it uh we're going to uh, uh, mandate i'm just playing devil's advocate sure. we're, we're going yeah. to mandate a mask wearing we're going to uh we're going to have to lock down a lot of businesses in the in the country i know this will be a hardship but we've got to get on top of this i want to remind everybody to constantly be washing their hands and uh, so he did, He wouldn't have had to come out and say, "Everybody, run and hide under your bed because we're all going to
2: die." No, but I he could have
1: done it more presidentially. Yeah.
2: But I don't believe that this virus didn't get here until January, February, or March of two thousand and twenty. I think that the virus was here long before that. Well, and yeah, he knew and he knew that yeah, he yeah, knew that.
1: That's what,
0: that's what, I I what he
2: to told answer. Woodward. That's what
0: that's he that's said. What everybody says I had last, uh, you know, December and January. Yeah, remember, yeah. remember the pain I was in but the, but the the
1: important revelation is that contrary to his public buffoonery he knew he was very serious about this and it's it's a shame he wasn't capable of sharing that with us that's that's the message i'm getting mm. out in front in the in the public in press conferences he said this is going to go away we're going to be down to zero cases uh, I believe during a Super Bowl interview, he said, well, there's one person that has it. This is going to go away. It's all fine. In the meantime, he's having these frequent meetings with Woodward in which he does sound presidential. Yes, this is serious. This is a bad, bad deal. Well, then conversely, <laughs> Joe,
2: the <laughs> remember the the day we, we did the show when uh, Governor Walls announced that he was buying the Bix produce plant because he envisioned, quote, thousands of deaths in the state by yeah. the month of July. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he was wrong, too. Yeah, well,
1: what very that, wrong. But that's not analogous to what's being discussed here. Why not? Well, well, who's talking about the numbers of deaths? I'm saying that what Trump was doing was admitting to Woodward that he knew the seriousness of this.
0: Right, okay. All right.
1: He knew that. But he but, didn't. He, didn't uh, he, he chose to take a different persona in public, telling us that well, this is the product of fake news.
0: No matter what he would have done though it would have been wrong Um, you know he could throw all those fancy words at us and tell us uh, here it comes and it's it's gonna be big but if he didn't close the country down he would still be in in the eyes of many wrong and he handled it wrong so he not only would have had to say that to be truthful but then he would have had to follow through And shut everything down.
1: In which, and you're right, you're on to
0: something. For which, he would have been highly criticized. Well, remember, he wouldn't (laughs) allow travelers from certain countries. He He got ripped for that. He got highly criticized for that.
1: Well, this plays on what I told you. If he wanted schools to open, he should have adamantly gone public and saying, I absolutely believe schools should not open. Everyone would be open today.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But... That, that's neither here nor there for, for just what we have here, for example, is, a, is, a, is an occasion where we don't have to have any suspicions. We have his own words, mm-hmm. and they're on tape. This isn't, right. this isn't any allegations that he said this. You can all hear them for yourself, and you can all draw your own conclusions. I'm speaking to all the GLers in Gumption County and throughout the world. You can just draw your own conclusions. How, I suppose the game that will get played is how would you have handled this, President?
2: Right. As president behind the scenes, he he knew this was terrible. Well and he knew I it. Have, I have the question now of the timing of it. Why are we hearing about this on September 9th? Well, uh, because Woodward's book comes out a week from
1: yesterday. okay Why And of would- course it gets leaked to certain news gathering organizations that uh, that Woodward knew would be friendly to him. Washington Post, The Times, CNN. I, when CNN it. was in, when CNN was playing these tapes, I quickly turned to Fox, and they were talking about something else. I don't know that Fox won't
2: play the tapes. I'm just saying that. Uh, what was I saying? You're saying that that some of those outlets might be agenda driven. Yeah, but there's you know. nothing agenda driven about the book. Well,
1: you could say that the book was agenda driven—the chaos in the White House and all that. But the other thing you have to remember is these are Trump's words. I agree. This isn't a guy making up the
2: stuff. This is Trump 18 interviews with Bob telling him, Bob, ah, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. But the voting public, Joe, has dug their heels in, and I don't, I think, know, I, I know. I don't think that this is going to sway anyone's decision one way or another come and November
0: there 3rd. Ha- there has not been the amount of deaths that the experts told us there was going to be, which was Chris's original point with the governor in that big produce uh, building. In fact, what
2: was the, uh, the report either last week or the week before, the CDC claiming that they miscalculated the number of deaths?
1: Uh, this is breaking. This is breaking. Here we go. My assistant just walked in and wrote this down. Let me
2: guess. Let me guess. That assistant may or may not care for the current president.
0: Whoa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Caribou Coffee in Highland just shot up. Police have the dogs out. The place is locked down. Yeah, Caribou Coffee in Highland. What? Highland Village. Shots fired. Police on the scene. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there in a podcast, is it? I I realize that no, people won't well, be listening to no, this no, till later. I feel
2: bad for making a joke before you announce that now. What was the a joke you made? About... Um about the, the assistant you have and oh, oh she may oh. or may not be voting for.
0: that's just a slice of life in the twin cities right, right now my, right, my, right, my right. kid stepped out of his truck the other night at 11 o'clock and the first thing he heard was about 12 rounds going off wow. from lake street yeah, yeah. let high- me I,
1: there's really a lot i want to get to today and i was waylaid by the fact that the trump news is literally breaking as we begin to report uh, record the podcast as we do normally we start at noon every day and this trump uh, Woodward uh, uh, interviews were breaking at about 11.30 this morning, so I went on with it. But let me conclude because I, I want to move on to some other things. Uh, the, people listen to the tapes and make up your own mind, and I guess the the only reasonable reaction might be, well, how should a president have handled it? Is that right. a fair statement? Yeah. How, yeah, how should a president asking. have handled yeah. it? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Because this is an undeniable admission by the president that he that privately he was not poo pooing this
2: whatsoever
0: right and not right, at all
2: right now the White House press secretary Kaylee I forget how to pronounce her last name McIn yeah, uh, she, yeah she, she's responding to questions I think right it's her last name I'll hot say damn. I'll say. He's, she's what now, Chris? She's responding to uh, the revelations in the Woodward right, book currently. Right. But I think that's how this will play out. How
1: should a president have responded to this? And his his supporters will say he handled it just perfectly, and his critics will say that he handled it poorly. Is it and worth? I bringing, don't know how to solve
2: that. Is it worth bringing up then right now? President Obama's response to H one N one, or is that not an allegation? It was
1: such a non-response that it never made the news.
2: Well, I guess that's my point. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I don't think H1N1 killed 189,000 people,
2: did it? Oh, well, it killed more
1: than that. Did it really? Well, yeah. look it up. I'm let's do it let's right be fact based. Let's I'm be fact based. Right right in the now. meantime, let's stay with COVID, shall we?
0: Let's, let's do that, Joe.
1: A fascinating piece in today's pioneer press, and I'm sure in many newspapers around the country. Study colon. Sturgis Biker Rally, a super spreader event. Let me, uh, be, yeah, before I begin uh, analyzing this, let me uh, say that uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the vibe I was gathering before Sturgis was that preemptively we were told that Sturgis would be a super spreader event. Don't we, go to Sturgis, we, it's dangerous. We were. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're going to go out there, and you're not going to wear masks, and you're not going to social distance. You're going to bring it back to your various states. So that was the vibe, I think, in the country, that that Sturgis was going to be problematic. Well, so far, one person has died, and that was in Minnesota, and he had underlying health problems. Lots of them. But this is a story that says the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota – spread COVID-19 to hundreds of thousands of people nationwide. Get the we don't know that button ready.
2: I got it right here. Uh, uh, We don't know that. And its
1: public health cost totaled billions of dollars? We don't know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't know that. Researchers said in a recent... And again, for you euphorians listening but are afraid to tell your neighbors... I, I am a believer that this is a virus I certainly don't want to catch or anyone I know or anyone to suffer. I, I buy that this is a bad virus. If you get it and it turns south on you, you're in big trouble. I buy that is that. Is that well-recorded sure, absolutely. in the national imprint You've here? You've
2: been very consistent with that stance. Uh,
1: what, I'm, what, I, what I've been puzzled by is governmental reaction to that. So, any event, here we say... Uh, Researchers said in a recently released paper, conclusions strongly disputed by South Dakota officials, including Governor Kristi Noem, who called the research fiction. And I I think she's more correct here than not. Yes. The researchers from San San Diego State University's Center for Health Economics and Policy Studies published a preliminary version of the paper late last week with the IZA, Institute for Labor Economics. The paper, which has not been peer-reviewed, is based on anonymized Cell phone location tracking data. I, I think anonymized in this case means they they track cell phone calls like they did for those kids that went to Florida in, yes. in the spring break and yeah. yep. So I think anonymized means they weren't listing any phone calls. Let's put it that way. They were just seeing where the the calls originated from.
2: <laughs> well, wait a minute on that one. Uh,
1: we don't know that <laughs> they weren't yeah.
2: listing any phone calls. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, is based on anonymized cell phone location tracking data and is the first known research to estimate the COVID-19 case spread and public health cost of the 10-day rally. The rally, which ended August 16, is associated with both local and national surges in COVID-19 cases, the researchers found, and should be linked to about 267,000 cases with an all-in public health cost of $12.2 billion. These are ass statistics.
2: Uh, we don't know that.
1: Should be associated is not science. Right. Should be associated,
2: and the great comeback to this, Joe, is okay, so there 's an organized gathering in Sturgis that links to all of these cases to some, but yet all of these protests that have been happening around the country no no, no, no no, no, no cases from those whatsoever
1: well i 'm getting to that oh, the story sorry. the story even gets to that. If you want to evaluate large gathering bans, this is how bad it can get. Andrew Friedson, associate professor of economics at the Colorado University, Denver, and co-author on the paper, said in a Tuesday phone interview with Forum News Service, the researchers who also evaluated large events held during the pandemic, including including President Donald Trump's June rally in Tulsa and Black Lives Matter protests, which didn't appear to spread COVID-19 extensively. Uh, we don't know that. Decided to evaluate Sturgis because it seemed like it could have been a major spreader of the virus. Sturgis just seemed like this perfect storm, Friedsen said. I think what we have here is an example of you, you people in the failed academy were so anticipating that Sturgis would be a super-spreader event, that they're bound uh, and determined to tell me that it was. Right. But they can't do that scientifically. No. They're telling me it should be associated with these cases? That's not science.
0: No. No.
1: The cell phone tracking data showed about 10% of Sturgis attendees hailed from within South Dakota, with about 19% from border states, 72% from across the rest of the country, with heavy attendance from Arizona, California, Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Washington, Wyoming. State transportation officials estimate that 460,000 vehicles attended the event. I thought it was half that. Uh, We don't know. Well, uh, okay, state transportation (laughs) officials estimated about 460,000 vehicles attended the event where many rally-goers notably went unmasked and didn't socially distance to reduce the spread as they crowded together in bars and what have you. The Sturgis rally should be linked to 266,796 of COVID-19 cases reported nationwide between August 2nd and September 2nd. Now, do you realize what
2: they're saying there? I don't.
1: We have no bleeping clue right. if Sturgis was responsible for spreading anything, but because Sturgis was held between August 2nd and uh, 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 August uh well, they're going August 2nd to September 2nd. So during that month, they're going to attribute 266,796 COVID cases to Sturgis.
2: You know what, though? No, no, I think what? you're wrong. It's not, it's not when. You know what it is? Huh? It's where. It's where it was held. Look at the state of South Dakota and how they've been extremely um, open yeah. about letting people live their lives. And that's why I think that they're under attack.
1: Taken together, the results provide strong evidence that the Sturgis Rally appears to have been a super spreader event, found Friedson and his fellow researchers. We find significant case increases within the state of South Dakota, as well as increases extending to counties from which relatively more residents attended the event. Taken together, the results provide strong evidence with no proof. Evidence is different than proof. Right. This is an amazing. It's just an amazing manipulation of statistics
0: that came Res- from uh, the Institute of Labor Economics, IZA yeah. Institute. You, you know, come on, give me a break.
1: Researchers found the rally party. was. <laughs> researchers found the rally was associated with COVID nineteen case surges in Meade County, home to Sturgis, as well as South Dakota overall. There were also Sturgis as there were also Sturgis associated. COVID-19 case surges in counties with a lot of Sturgis attendees, including counties in Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, Minnesota, and Wisconsin.
0: B as in B. What the hell S are we as as Yeah, and the real shame here, the real phenomena, is the way the media picked this up and ran with it yep. and reported it as fact.
2: Here, I'll, I'll give you this really quick, Joe, because I did a quick uh, a quick comparison This, according to the U.S. Center for Disease and Control Prevention, I think they are reputable, correct? Mm -hmm. Estimated that around 150,000 to 575,000 people died from H1N1, the pandemic virus infection, the first year of the outbreak. Wow. 80% of the virus-related deaths were estimated to occur in those over the age of 65, in seasonal influenza epidemics, about 70 to 90% of those deaths in people over the age of 65 years it, old. And, and when uh, was this? Oh. Uh, what was it? 20... Give me a second. I'll give you the exact dates of the swine flu. Because it seems
1: to me that we just kind of waltz through it.
2: And, yeah. and w- well, well, you wore a mask to the fair. I wore a mask to the fair because of the pig flu. Yeah. The swine flu. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, is that H1N1? Yes uh oh, 2009 all right 2009 when it was first discovered
1: uh, it seems to me this country well i know for a fact we didn't shut down we didn't wear masks we didn't social distance no we did not and how many people died in the, and in what time span
2: uh in the first year of the pandemic virus infection it was now this is the united states only uh i would guess so since it's right. the cdc yeah uh it estimated that between 150,000 to 575,000 people died from H1N1 pandemic virus infection in the first year of the outbreak. Well,
1: you think they could get a better estimate than that. That's such a widespread. And (laughs) doesn't
2: that exactly corroborate what you just said? Yeah. yeah. They
1: don't know. But, but, But more importantly, none of the activities taken by the state... We saw during H1N1 the flu. The fair didn't end. Businesses remained open.
2: We we kind of waltzed through it in Uh, August of 2010. The World Health Organization declared the swine flu pandemic was officially over. I'll be damned. Well, back
1: to back to Sturgis. Back to Sturgis. Uh, The estimate they, the researchers, estimate that estimate that Sturgis-linked COVID-19 cases came at a public health cost of $12.2 billion, although that amount is a ballpark estimate because many of those who were infected and required treatment likely absorbed the cost themselves, the researchers said. This is, a, this is an outrage of, of failed journalism, this story, Boy, that, yeah. that, you, that you even would accept to, to, to write this is, is preposterous. You, you're offering me nothing. One person has died after Sturgis, and that death is attributed to COVID, but I believe that fellow had cancer. Yes, he did. And I that's a Minnesota. That's a Minnesotan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're telling me that 276,000 cases should be associated with Sturgis. Why should they? Unless you know for a fact, you have no proof. And then you're telling me it costs more than $12 billion? Where does that number come from?
2: Uh, We don't know that. Yeah, this was from September 1st. The CDC claims that 94% of all coronavirus deaths were supplementary, meaning the person had comorbidities. Less than 10,000 Americans have died from COVID-19 alone.
1: The South Dakota State Epidemiologist, uh, Dr. Joshua Clayton, said that researchers didn't factor in an ongoing rise in COVID-19 cases or the return to school of South Dakota University and K-12 students. The results do not align with what we know of the impacts of the rally among attendees in the state of South Dakota, said Clayton, pointing to the 124 known South Dakota cases linked by contact tracers to the Sturgis rally. When asked how to balance the researchers' estimate against the state's low reported number of cases linked to Sturgis, Kim Malsum Dash Risden, the secretary of the South Dakota Department of Health, encouraged reporters on Tuesday to, uh, to take the research, to not take the researchers' work at face value. Of course you shouldn't. Right. It seems to me that you were, uh, you, you preemptively told the country that an event like Sturgis was dangerous, that it was going to become a super spreader event, when, when in fact it might not have been a super spreader event. You, anyway, conduct research to tell me that you think it should have been. Right. That's not
0: science. What do you mean it should have been?
1: That doesn't mean a damn thing.
0: Well, we're seeing that in all aspects of our life right now where we're ignoring facts, ignoring science, and we're just going with one side or the other. Uh, I'm glad you got those Clayton quotes in because those are very distinct. The question I have to you... Are any media outlets MSM? Are they going to Are they going to fix this? Are they going to retract? Are they going to report the truth? No. Or are they just going to go with the glaring headlines?
1: I think they're going to go with the headlines because uh, okay. it it does meet the agenda of most news gathering institutions to have been fraught with anxiety over the prospect of people going to Sturgis. Well, there were pre-admonishments, oh, it's dangerous, they're not going to wear masks, they're going to sit in bars, they're going to be in campgrounds, they're not going to social distance. This could, this could really, really affect the country. Well, so far, we don't know if it has.
2: Right, and I, again, I'll say it again, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that South Dakota has taken a completely different stance than I think the rest of the country.
0: Well, I, That's you an interesting
2: take. Well, the researchers can claim that they
1: have no political bias in this, and, and that's fine. They, they, they conducted their research, but they've released it prematurely. At best, it's premature. When you tell me, hey, we really think that should have been a source of 276,000 increased cases, you're telling me you don't know for a fact if right, it was. Right. And then God knows why that cost $12 billion. Where does that figure come from? So I leave this story as B as in B, S as in S. It
0: gets a big old... Uh, We don't know that. It's it's just amazing. They're coming at us from all angles with lies and propaganda. So I found the timeline,
2: Kenny, that you were talking about. It was January 31st that Trump banned all travel from China. And that same day, Joe Biden accused Trump of xenophobia. There's two and articles he, right, right there, right after right each other. Right there, Joe, well, right he, there. He talks to
1: Woodward about it privately, saying, we're shutting down this Chinese Chinese situation. Privately, he's saying all the right things. Privately, he's amazing about this. Publicly, he went the opposite direction. It's up to. Well, I'm not going to draw. I'm not going to draw your decision for you. Everyone has to make their own decision. How would a pre, how should a president have handled this? Because he clearly, clearly was aware of what what this could mean to the country, and there was okay, there's yeah, many there's many ways that he could have addressed that, and he chose not to. So again, his his uh, his defenders will say he did exactly the right thing, and his critics will say he did exactly the wrong thing. He can't win. He can't win
0: can i bring up something absurd sure why maybe, not you're maybe here he, that's what i'm here for that's Hi what you're everybody. here for your you're here for one host. reason yeah to bleep me yeah. um <laughs> maybe he was doing the same thing that we assume government is doing with wait for it ufos because they know if the public finds out it's a full-blown panic maybe that's what he was doing with the COVID. I, Is that I, absurd?
1: Yes, it's, it, it's entirely absurd. For example, why necessarily would we panic to, to discover there are UFOs? I think it would be kind of well, cool. What, oh, what's oh, the oh, panic oh. part?
0: <laughs> well, that's always been the theory. You know, they've always said that. We, well, because, we, we, you know, we,
1: in your stunted mind, you see little green men getting <laughs> off a spaceship with ray guns. You know,
0: what I'm saying, it's the same theory, Joe. It's uh, the same theory, protecting us, protecting the public trying to stop the panic do you think that's what he was doing that's you know, what i I, he, I do that's what i think he was, he was cheerleading doing. us
2: we're gonna be okay but he was cheerleading you
1: with such distortion that yeah. it delayed what he ultimately acquiesced to
2: all right yeah, then let me no bring that let me bring this up because i follow a guy that's basically all over this topic right now <laughs> yeah H- how about this so the, the interview with Woodward, Joe, that you're talking about, that occurred in early February? Is that accurate?
1: They, they began in December and okay. went as late as August 2nd, I believe, of this year. During, a month ago. A would, month ago.
2: You would call Dr. Anthony Fauci probably a critic of the president, correct? I, I think he has been. Sure. Okay. Uh, during a February 29th broadcast on NBC's Today Show, Dr. Anthony Fauci, February 29th, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, said that at this time the government was still not advising people to change their daily habits to avoid the coronavirus pandemic.
1: Okay, what 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 are you uh, what are you willing to compel me to say?
2: Well, I'm just trying to then say why that why was Trump telling
1: Woodward the exact opposite in the interviews
2: okay but don't you think he was relying on people like fauci and others that were experts in this field to sure. tell does, him what, does the, that what
0: to do incriminate him does that incriminate no. fauci chris or Joe? no,
2: no no i'm just saying i think he was trying to do the right thing i really
1: do Okay, I, that's fine. I, as I said, everyone can draw their own conclusion about how he handled it. What's interesting about it is we've had a great roadblock removed from us in attempting to discern this, and that is we get to hear Don. This isn't made up. Right. Whatever we hear from him is not made up. So you get to draw your own conclusions. It's it's fascinating. Uh, you know, uh, how how Trump could say this to Woodward, knowing full well he was being taped and that it was going to be written about why you would think he would have tempered his public remarks to at least acknowledge that we've got a problem on our hands. Instead, he kept saying, you know what? This is going to go away. It's nothing. OK. OK.
2: Uh, there are some quotes coming from the uh, press secretary meeting. Here's one. The president, uh, quote, the president has never lied to the American public on COVID. The president was expressing calm, and his actions reflect that on January 6th, the CDC issued a Wuhan travel notice before any confirmed U.S. cases. That mm-hmm. is from the White House press secretary. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Trump has been nominated for a
1: Pulitzer Prize. I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which ahead. is, uh, it's, it's interesting. Oh, sure. Get him. And uh, can you imagine when the—well, see, the tribe right now, the tribe against him is is going to be so consumed oh. with, with Woodward now that they'll never get around to mocking the idea that he got nominated for a Pulitzer. Or, uh, or
2: basically doing any, anything else productive for this country.
1: Uh, it says here, it says—let uh, me get it for you. Uh, Carl writes, if you think you've heard howls of disapproval before, you ain't heard nothing yet. Not with this news. Whether he should be awarded or not is immaterial to what the left's perspective of even being put up for consideration. For them, the face and hair of evil has been elevated to consideration for a peace prize. Where is my popcorn? (laughs) President uh, Trump, uh, Israel and the United Arab Emirates have agreed to finalize a peace agreement. Uh, Trump announced a historic peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, saying they agreed to full normalization of relations uh, just weeks before helping to broker peace between Israel and the UAE, Trump has been nominated for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. The nomination submitted by Christian Tybring gedde a member of the Norwegian parliament, lauded Trump for his efforts towards resolving protracted conflicts worldwide. Uh, he said for his merit, I think he's done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. Tybring Getty, a four-term member of parliament who also serves as chairman of the Norwegian delegation to the NATO Parliamentary Assembly, told Fox News in an exclusive uh, interview. And it goes on to say...
2: I'm what? laughing because I have, I have CNN on in here right now. Yep. Yeah. You know how when there's a really serious topic, they yeah. go to the split screen? You know, oh, yeah. we, we got to have... They've got, I am not kidding you, they have the six-screen split. They have six bleeping people talking, six? talking about the Woodward. Uh, right. The, <laughs> they are all over this, baby.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you've, you discussed this We've talked about this. No matter what Trump does, Trump is going to get beat up. Oh, of course. He cannot win, no matter right. what. Right. Yeah. That's why I said if he wanted schools to open, he should demand it that they not.
2: But then it wouldn't have his supporters. They'd all be open. Wouldn't all of his supporters, the diehards, been, what are we doing opening schools? Don't you think that would have happened too? No. Uh, no. I don't
1: know. know. This country. No. I don't think so at all. All right. I think his if Trump said we should absolutely not open schools, his, his supporters would have uh, agreed with him. But the but the important part is the public school education would not. They would have said, "Why well, it's perfectly safe to open. We need to open. Right you can't get around
2: it. Uh,
1: I told you before that Tim Bloom had a record year at Ecofund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Their best year in their 12-year history.
2: That's fantastic. So, uh, uh Tim Bloom,
1: uh who uh, owns Ecofund Motorsports, he was he's follows us on Garage Logic. He's heard about Eric Mishi's uh charity Spare Key and uh, how Eric is a uh, uh, hope on the river right now floating down uh, counterclockwise on the Mississippi, spinning around, not knowing what he's doing, trying to get to New Orleans to raise money for spare key. So at EcoFun Motorsports, from Labor Day until the end of September... They will donate a hundred bucks from every scooter and electric bicycle purchased by GLers or anyone mentioning Hope on the River. Very cool. With the great GLers, we hope to raise another eight to ten thousand dollars to help him out. This is at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, where GLers have responded in kind for their Bintelli e-bikes, the scooters that turn every errand into an adventure, full line of Yamaha motorcycles. Uh, recreational equipment for kids, helmets, apparel—a great service department—and uh, more power to them at EcoFun Motorsports for this charitable effort. You're going to have to have a little patience because kaylin Bloom is back in school, and she's the Bentelli expert. <laughs> there, there. Tim is even saying, if you like people and fun products, uh, you may want to check with me. Come on they might, down. They, they might need some employees there at EcoFun Motorsports. It's right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, and we thank them on behalf of Spare Key.
3: it's campaign season and here come the negative ads the biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company talk about negative captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months the canopy group is an independent insurance agency we only offer 12-month policies not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year at the canopy group We promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800 967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com It's the end of the world as we know it.
2: And he feels fine, Joe Suchere. I'm trying to do some research here, and I can contend that wearing Chill Boys will help stop the spread. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that at all, because that would be uh, that would not be factual. But they are the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. The entire cast of GL has made the transition to Chill Boys. Chillboys.com, a local Minnesota company. Today, I have on the bamboo boxer briefs. You can check out their entire selection, and also their really cool line of uh, comfortable t-shirts shirts my favorite by the way you guys they got Uh, bigfoot on there on the t-shirt and it just says hide and seek champion all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they also have a really cool selection of sunglasses go online right now and all orders that you make that are over 40 dollars ship fast and free in the entire united states please place your order and let them know that you heard about it right here on the garage logic podcast the uh Academy of Motion
1: Picture Arts and Sciences. Oh. Excuse me for that headphone noise. That's okay. Has announced a set of requirements for films to be award eligible in an effort to increase representation and inclusion. Uh, Just before the hashtag Oscar So White controversy's fifth anniversary, the Academy is limiting Best Picture Award nominees beginning in 2024 to those that can meet requirements that encourage equitable representation on and off screen by ensuring more people of color fill positions on a film set, from the starring role to interns and everything in between, is outlined in a press release published online. To be eligible for the award in 2022 and 2023, productions must submit a confidential Academy Inclusion Standards form, however, meeting the thresholds that will not yet be a concrete requirement. Academy governors Devon Franklin and Jim Giannopoulos headed a task force to develop the standards that were created from a template inspired by the British Film Institute diversity standards used for certain funding eligibility in the UK and eligibility in some categories of the British Academy of Film and Television Awards, but were adapted to serve the specific needs of the Academy. The Academy also consulted with the Producer, Producers Guild of America, as it presently does, for Oscars eligibility. The, uh, all other award categories will be held to their current eligibility requirements. Submissions to the Best Picture category from other entries, such as Animated Feature Film, Documentary Feature for International Feature Film, will be, will be evaluated separately. Two of the four following standards must be met in order to qualify for eligibility for the Best Picture Award beginning with the 96 Oscars. The first requirement requires that at least one of the following criteria be met, including hiring at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors that belongs to a marginalized population, Asian, Hispanic, Latinx, uh, Latinx. Latinx, however I say that, black, and uh, African-American, indigenous Native American, Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern, North African, Native Hawaiian, or other Pacific Islander, or other underrepresented race or ethnicity. Similarly, 30% or fewer secondary and more minor roles must be occupied by women, people in the LGBTQ community, or a racial or ethnic group, as well as those with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are deaf or hard of hearing. The first standard also requires that storylines focus on the same underrepresented groups. This standard dictates that a number of behind-the-scenes professionals must come from such underrepresented populations as well. At least two creative leadership positions in department heads must be filled by those belonging to underrepresented groups, including the casting director, cinematographer, composer... Costume designer, director, editor, hairstylist, makeup artist, producer, production designer, set decorator, sound, VFX supervisor, I think that's special effects, and or writer. Additionally, at least six other crew positions must be filled by those belonging to upper underrepresented groups. Such positions include, but are not limited to, first AD, gaffer, script supervisor, and more. Production assistants are excluded. This is, well, I'll tell you what I think of this in a moment. Wow. The major studios distributors are required to have substantive ongoing paid apprenticeships, internships, inclusive of underrepresentative groups, the release explained. Such positions must be available in several departments production, development, physical production, post production, music, special effects, acquisitions, business affairs, distribution, marketing, and publicity. Many major or independent studios distributors are required to have two such apprenticeships or internships in the production, development, physical production, post-production, music, VFX, acquisitions, business affairs, distribution, marketing, and publicity. Additionally, the film's production, distribution, and or financing company must offer training and or work opportunities for below-the-line skill development to people belonging to underrepresented populations. Perhaps the most straightforward but demanding of the standards, audience development, requires a studio or company to have multiple in-house senior executives from the outlined upper uh, underrepresented groups. What in the world? Uh, Well, here's what this is. Here's what this is. This might as well be the template for critical race theory. With the difference being that these are essentially uh, private citizens creating these standards as opposed to the state. But it strikes me that this is inevitably A template for what will happen if the United States for example forms a Department of Race and every single institution in this country would be subject to these standards. Every single institution in this country whether it's a a newspaper, uh, a library, uh, a uh, corporation, uh, whatever, will be taking its orders for this is this is my suspicious look at the future will be taking its orders from a state agency that will be monitoring them and demanding that they adhere to the standards that are going to be put forth by the department of race in the event we get a department of race so what's eliminated in this and this goes a long way to understanding the discussion we had, yeah, this goes a long way to discussing the, the, the critical race theory of yesterday, which, and I didn't get to this yesterday, what, what critical race theory uh, abolishes in the American experience would be competitiveness and achievement. Believing that if you have achieved or you are competitive, you are able to be competitive in achieving merely because of the fate of. Of your skin color at birth. And we, who are virtuous and more knowledgeable than you, we are going to create equity, which means we're going to have to purposely strip away competitiveness and achievement and replace it with the arbitrary placement in positions in every institution in the country with all manner of people from marginalized or underrepresented populations. Now, just let that roll around in your head for a while. Are we still going to have doctors that can know what they're doing?
0: <laughs> yeah. No.
1: But there's a great piece today in the Star Tribune that, that's uh, not necessarily unrelated to this Hollywood memorandum. And that's uh, on the front page. It says, State, State's largest agency faces allegations of racism. Uh, people of color and Native Americans working at the Minnesota Department of Human Services are sometimes the target of racial slurs and harassment, denied promotions and raises, and are isolated without support from senior management, several current and former employees say. It's a long piece. I don't want to read the whole thing, but can you see how these, uh, this template that Hollywood created would be absolutely uh, employed by the State Department of Human Services? Oh,
2: for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, But
1: here's the most interesting part of the whole story. Uh, uh, a deputy assistant commissioner in the community supports administration, hmm. Gulaid uh, uh, Anab Gulaid. Uh, here I'll start. Three months ago, five legislators and two community members sent a letter to the walls administration calling for an investigation after the DHS eliminated the job of Anab Gulaid, a Somali American. A deputy assistant commissioner in the Community Supports Administration, Goulaid helped run a division that includes services for people with disabilities, the elderly, deaf, and hard of hearing, as well as behavioral health programs. But Goulet's role changed after Harpstead, let me get her first name, she's the head of DHS, what the hell's her name? Oh, bear with me. There's so many names I have to remember, and
2: I'm bad with <laughs> names. Yes, you are. For a million for dollars. For a
1: million dollars. Who's <laughs> Sue Cook? Yeah. Uh, Jody Harpstead is the commissioner. But Goolade's role changed after Harpstead, Jody Harpstead, the head of DHS, created a new deputy position in the division and hired a white man who took on most of Goolade's responsibilities. Both, here's the key sentence of this whole story. Both he and Harpstead served on the board of a disability services industry trade group before joining DHS. Well, in other words, she's greased the skins for some pal and bumps this Somali gal out of the gig. There's your story. That's the story. But the template that Hollywood's created would would, would prevent that from happening. The state monitoring your every move in whatever institution you're in, would eliminate uh, the likes of Harpstead bringing in a pal, presumably a pal. And then uh, Goulaid says the autonomy to do my job was impacted by the walls they were putting up in front of me with no expectations, with no explanation, said Goulaid, who added that she wasn't informed about the new deputy until after he had been hired. My ag- My agony was... Always trying to understand why. Why are you trying to treat me differently, she said. As an appointee, Gouled could be dismissed without cause. She said she thinks that she was forced out because of her efforts to hire more people with disabilities under the Connect 700 program created under former Governor Mark Dayton. Anyway, it's the state's largest agency. They consume... Uh, uh, overwhelming amounts of your tax money. Uh, they're the same people that uh, mistakenly gave 29 million bucks to the, some Native uh, tribes situations for opioid uh, reduction. Remember that case where they blew the Oopsie. 29 million? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just a mess. It's just a giant bureaucratic mess. And what you discover among the mess is that the head of it is bouncing somebody of color, and she brings in, uh, you know, a white guy. I, I, I don't know if, if this would have made the paper had she brought in a, a, a black guy. I have no idea. But but just
0: but layer... Right. That's the story.
1: Layer on top of of the troubles in the Department of Human Services, the Hollywood template, which has been created by private citizens, not the government. The governments, when they get around to doing this, they might be even be more strident. They might be more demanding. They might, they might. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I don't feel fine. Because this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I. Do, does, does this mean I'm not being facetious? Do you got to have a lousy actor in a role? <laughs> I mean, right? Do you have to have somebody that isn't really very good?
0: Well, that's the least of my worries. You mentioned it; you just brushed by it earlier. Uh, Do I really want a lousy doctor opening my chest up? Yeah, you know um, that's that's what we need to think about here.
1: Or, or what what we are presumed to conclude, perhaps, is that Hollywood has consciously ignored credible. Actors and gaffers and assistants and what have yeah, you, yeah, from from, yeah. underpopula- uh, from under from uh, under represented populations sure. that they have conscious yeah. and for all we know those people have been trying to get jobs on the set and have been turned down and maybe they're very knowledgeable maybe they're very knowledgeable at sound and special effects and lighting and, and uh, camera work and script work and supervision but they have been consciously shut out of the. Uh, uh, the process by these by these supposed liberals who run Hollywood. If you go maybe back, that's it. If
2: you go back, Could I be. watched this the other day. But if you go back and watch Ricky Gervais's opening monologue during the Golden Globes back, oh, in I, January, I enjoyed it tremendously. It was, not only was it spectacular, but he was pointing holes in all of these various things that you're talking about right now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was almost like an onion piece, except it was real life, and right. it was it's it's speaking to everything you're talking about right now. But when the government gets involved, oh boy!
1: Uh, God only knows what the future would hold. For uh, pick any institution in the country, automobile manufacturing, uh, the manufacturing of uh,
2: you're missing a big one,
1: fertilizer spreaders. Uh, what? What am I missing? Sports. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I miss it. How come,
2: uh, hey, the Dodgers don't have uh, uh, the the appropriate number of African-Americans on their big league lineup? Right. That's where we're going. uh, uh, Aren't they well represented now? Right, I I was arbitrarily picking something.
1: Yeah, but maybe they don't have enough uh, players from American Samoa. Well,
2: there you go. Yeah,
1: but he can't hit a curveball. Does it that's, matter? That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter.
2: we Does he suck? He hits like Reavers. Does it matter?
1: <laughs> I'll never forget Guardy going out to get Nikiyosha. Oh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Almost as though he was saying, "Son, we're better off playing with eight people." Right. Why don't you come I'd on in Why don't you sit next come to on me. in, sit next to me, and. And then get your ass back to Japan as soon as possible.
2: What's the What's the line Royce always use? Uh, I can't uh, it's not your fault. It's the scout that signed you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now the other line we always had is we got the wrong Nikyoshi.
2: Yeah, we did. We got the wrong one. For all
1: I know, that's the Japanese equivalent of Smith. Right. We got the wrong one. <laughs> we got the one who couldn't play. Right. It's amazing that uh, I, I don't like giving Hollywood any time because I think Hollywood's deplorable. But what they've done for me is uh, they've, without their knowledge perhaps, they've quite literally created the kind of template that if the uh, critical race theory triumphs in this country and begins to make inroads politically and does in fact get to create a Department of Race, you can imagine that this template, this is they'll they'll come up with something that squares this. Mm. It's just an amazing time we live in, and it's just happening so quickly. It's well, just they're amazing. They're
0: coming to our rescue, Joe. They're going to save us from ourselves.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's just amazing. I guess my favorite one is uh, you have to hire at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors that belongs to a marginalized population. Well, well again either they either they've been either there, there are some great actors in the marginalized populations who have who could demonstrate that they've been they're routinely denied the opportunity or or you're going to have to hope that you can find Uh, marginalized uh, uh, people from marginalized populations who turn out to be pretty good at it
2: and to think about that we've come quite a long ways kenny and roycey and i were talking about this the other day we've come a long ways in hollywood from a white guy playing an indian in a black and white movie
0: oh Oh, god God, nothing makes me more mad than that oh i could go on a two-hour rant about that oh my goodness don't get me started chris sorry i didn't mean to by the way uh She's got some Italian from Brooklyn playing a Native American. Oh, my God. Jeez. Just Uh, shut up. By the way, uh,
2: Sleepy Joe's in front of a podium right now in Warren, Michigan, talking about the Woodward book revelation. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get some really good audio out of that one. Well, I think Biden uh, would have handled it differently.
1: Uh, He's just the type of guy who probably would not have come out and said, "Ah, it'll go away. Don't worry about it. Who knows? I have no idea.
0: He'd run like
1: a coward. Could be. He's been he's been minimally present during the campaign. His handlers are very careful with him. Putting him yeah. in the basement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Does he know he's in Michigan?
1: <laughs> Do I gotta put a bag over my head? No, I just want you to come up and meet somebody. Right. Yeah, it's an old joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I'm loving the people I hear from from Schmelz Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. Multi generational family owned Schmelz Countryside. I just got a new Fiat 500X. I like it. No, I love it. It's you perfect. love it. It's exactly what I wanted. Uh, utilitarian. All wheel drive, nimble. I don't like big big stuff. But if you like big stuff, check out the Atlas crossport. That's the new Volkswagen flagship. And right now on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including that Atlas. There's a 0% interest for 72 months with 120-day payment deferral for Volkswagen vehicles, 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. And in the midst of this devilish pandemic, they've kept everything as safe as possible because you'll have your own sales appointment. Go to SchmelzVW.com, schmelzalfaromeo.com. SchmelzFiat.com. I've now had Volkswagens, Alfa Romeos, and Fiat's. In any event, check out what you most want. Check out the new inventory, used inventory, whatever you're most interested in. Call Schmelz and they'll set up your own personal sales appointment. 651 243 4316. I really have enjoyed my experiences there. I've known these guys for years. Uh, I love what they ha- i have. You know, they used to be in the Saab dealership, too. I got a Saab there. That's right. I got a Saab there in about 1980, a turbocharged Saab. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I my <laughs> purchasing there goes back to at least 1980, which is how many years? 40?
2: That's a, 40, 40 years.
1: 40 years. 40 I've years. Been, I've been dealing with countryside for 40 years. Volkswagen, Saabs, Alfa Romeos, Fiats. I love it. I love the service, too. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood.
2: We'd like to welcome back the Minnesotan, one of our original sponsors from the fall of 2018. The Minnesotan offers a -a one-of-a-kind apparel design celebrating your journey as a Minnesotan. Some great new items for the fall, including the Minnesotans' new Let Common Sense Rain collection, and a commemorative long tee celebrating the one and only Al's Bar on Excelsior in St. Louis Park. And, hey, how about for the cake eater in your life? The Minnesotan now has a Edina West Cougar shirts. The Minnesotan is absolutely the coolest store around. If you haven't been there, you've got to get over there. And if you have been there, you got to get back because Corey and the crew have new great items all the time. Go to the Minnesotan.com Browse their collections. They also have the Garage Logic pushback lawn signs for sale in store. Get them while you still can. And this Friday, the Minnesotan is celebrating Patriot Day with a sidewalk celebration featuring Stephanie Verone singing the national anthem. God bless America and several other Patriot standards. The Minnesotan will also have coffee and donuts. Come celebrate Patriot Day this Friday from 10 a.m. on at the Minnesotan in downtown White Bear Lake. Try to keep it to two minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's the keeper of yeah. common sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, is this, no uh, is this
2: Dylan? Yes, it is, sir.
0: Yeah, by the way, speaking of Dylan, uh, Chris, I forbid you to play that bass song. That, that's just a That's slap. That it's hurtful. It's hurtful. It's just, just <laughs> painful. Uh, do you really want rookie building your house? A guy no. that doesn't know the difference between a claw hammer and a cross hammer? You want some hoople head with the building skills of our own rookie working on your joint? Hey, hey, here's your chair box, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Yeller. Yeah. Of course you don't. So get put on the list for aimhighconstructionmn.com. I'm stunned every time. I walk through my brand new kitchen or out onto my brand new deck. Stunning work done by the amazing team at AMI. And now you GLers, you've got their calendar darn near full. Uh, Chris, Keith, the whole gang there, they're going to do everything they possibly can to help you with your projects and get them done. But please be aware, that COVID and quarantine, it's had a serious effect on production supply and chains and, and lumber. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and the calendar is getting full. But it's better to be put on the list than it is to have some goofball do it half-assed. Please sign up with the very best. I love them, and they did a wonderful job here. Uh, as a first-hand witness, I can tell you, Aim aimhighconstructionmn.com, they're the very best.
1: San Francisco government buildings keep their gyms open, but do not allow private gyms to open. For months, this is from NBC News in San Francisco. For months, the city of San Francisco health order has prevented local gyms from opening its doors, but city-owned gyms have been back open for months and are allowing city employees to use them, crushing private gym owners. It's shocking and frustrating, said Danielle Rapkin from CrossFit Golden State. She has said she has done everything she can to keep her gym on Sutter Street alive. Even though they're getting exposed, there are no repercussions and no ramifications. Uh, Rabkin even reached out to a couple of police officers she knows in the neighborhood, asking them if they needed a place to work out since their station gym was supposedly closed. But a text exchange appeared to show they did have access to the San Francisco Police Department, Northern District Police Station on Fillmore Street, the police said. Thursday that, safety, uh, and, uh, Thursday, that safety and cleaning protocols, as well as occupancy limits, have been established in department gyms. It just demonstrates that there seems to be some kind of a double standard between what city employees are allowed to do and what the residents of San Francisco are allowed to do, said Dave Carriker, owner of MX3 Fitness in Castro. He said there is a slight silver lining to this discovery. What the city has unwillingly done is created this great case study that says working out indoors is actually safe, said Careaker. So at this point, we're demanding that they allow us to have the same workout privileges for the citizens of San Francisco that the employees of San Francisco have. Gyms for police officers aren't the only ones open. A sign at the Hall of Justice gym shows rules for use as of July 1st for its patrons, which would include judges, lawyers, bailiffs, and paralegals. NBC Bay Area asked the city for comment Thursday, and we're told only that the current health order does not allow indoor fitness gyms to operate. And per Mayor London Breed's latest reopening announcement, privately owned gyms have to stay closed until the, at least the end of December, uh, September. Well, wow. you're, they're frauds. It's just, it's, yeah. I just don't understand it. I just don't they're understand real. it. They're I guess, real. yeah. It's, it's The political class is enjoying uh, benefits that are unavailable to this other citizens of San Francisco.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just think mm-hmm. the, the lady who's third in line for the nuclear buttons got duped into a hair appointment.
2: That's right. <laughs>
1: Rick, uh, Rick Groshong in Edmond, Oklahoma wants me to know that, uh, at least 25 people have gone on record saying that the remarks, uh, Trump was uh, supposed to have uttered about, uh, uh service people, uh, Due to the importance of this issue, I hope you will discuss this fact with as much vigor as you have the initial anonymous allegations. Rick, I said it earlier in the show, there's enough people who have come forward to convince me that uh, he did not say those things. I
2: think you said that off the air.
1: Oh, then I'm saying it on the air. Okay. No, I did. I think I said it on. And oh. by the way, yesterday I kept saying the, uh, the, the Prude case in New York was in Buffalo. It's Rochester.
2: Yes, yeah, so one I, of us tried to correct I you. know,
1: I know you did, and I, <laughs> I failed uh, miserably. That's Okay. Uh, Scott Matura writes, gang, you guys were discussing gender reveal parties and where they started. Uh, uh, well, how's this for irony? The daughter of the woman who essentially invented the gender reveal party by simply putting pink frosting on the inside of her cake uh, to be revealed once cut into now identifies as a boy. But um, boom boom
2: No, come yeah. on. <laughs> well, that's a good
1: question. <laughs> if, you're, if you're buying this bs about 48 million genders how do you have a gender reveal party good point i guess the people having them uh would not uh subscribe to the theory that there are 48 million genders
2: do you think that the gender reveals party were escalated by all the the prom proposals because those kind of almost happened at the same time
1: yeah there's a term for this we had it uh, what's the term Uh, when you have a birthday party and you You increase it to include pony rides, and you book the Rolling Stones. Something creep?
2: Oh, I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, I do do remember this. Oh, what's the term? Darn it. Mission creep. Mission creep.
1: Mission creep, you start out with a simple birthday party, but you realize the neighbor's bringing in the stones, so the next time you have a party, you got to bring the Beatles back to life. Mission creep. So A so, gradual
2: uh, shift in objectives during the course of a campaign often resulting in an unplanned long-term commitment.
1: Right. Uh, we had a different name for it, too, but mission creep's the only one that's occurring to me. But uh, clearly that's what's happened to uh, the gender reveal situation. It started with a lady who... For some reason, got some attention by merely having a cake that had pink frosting. Inside, I have been... to to where you now shoot off fireworks now. and burn down seven thousand acres of California.
2: <laughs> mission creep is the gradual or incremental expansion of an intervention project or mission beyond its original scope, right? Focus or goals—a ratchet effect spawned by initial success. Mission creep is usually considered undesirable due to the dangerous, irreversible path each success breeding uh, ambitious. And we, we got the we got the gist there. Yeah, the
1: the senior photographs used to be. Uh, some photographer showed up at school, and you got in line and stood there and had your picture taken. Next, well now they're hiring models and lighting and makeup artists and all this BS. Not me.
2: I had one with my 1987 Bonneville. Oh boy! What's up, ladies? <laughs> What? No, as in like, look at me, look at oh, me yeah. and my rusted out yeah. Bonneville. Uh, my Majority notes. your
0: picture was him uh, in a suit and a tie pulling a wheelie on his dirt bike. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, a Minnesota judge has extended the vote-by-mail changes prompted by coronavirus. Due to the virus, ballots must be, this is in the state of Minnesota, this is according to the Star Tribune, uh, due to the virus, ballots must be postmarked by November 3rd, but they can arrive up to seven days after Election Day. And Geordie notes New York, and I'm sure other states, are allowing ballots to be postmarked the day of the election. They will be counting for weeks until they get the desired result, a franken and Coleman repeat on a larger scale. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen, but yes, there will be no winner on november 3rd no it'll, it'll take weeks to count
2: these so, to count these ballots if i've got this correct then i need to have my taxes postmarked by april 15th mm-hmm. otherwise i pay a penalty but eh, if i want to submit my ballot you know december mm-hmm. we're good to go
0: yeah. yeah unless of course my prediction comes through uh and trump wins by a landslide all hail the flashlight king
2: hey, well hail
0: you, you sir I have been a proud
1: listener of Garage Logic for many years, and the 24-hour rule has been very useful in my marriage. Well, pal, first of all, if the 24-hour rule has been useful, you're really getting away with something because you're cheating yourself of another 24 hours. Correct. It's the 48-hour rule. Uh, (laughs) Last week when I was at my local Frataloni H. hardware store sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, I was alerted to the controversial staff kickoff video from Hopkins Public Schools Superintendent Rhoda Mirapiri-Reed. I don't know why he would have thought of this at Fran but he's got a great point coming up here. I live in the Hopkins School District, and my children have attended Hopkins Schools. Of course, most of the address to staff was gibberish from the failed academy, but I was struck by her admonishment of staff to examine their whiteness and racist beliefs while acknowledging her privilege of being light-skinned, well-educated, and being in a role that is given formal authority. This self-acknowledgement privilege of being well-educated and in a role that is given formal authority seems to stretch the definition of privilege. I understood privilege to be the notion that people, typically white, were born with certain innate advantages that gives them an unfair head start in success in life. However, Superintendent uh, Murapiri-Reed's comments seem to suggest that things that you earn in life— also fall under the rubric of privilege. It seems to me that this line of thinking is more dangerous than the traditional concept of privilege because it suggests that equality of outcome is the only solution to racial and social disparity. Uh, While membership in the school superintendent's club is not something that I aspire to, I am sure that she worked very hard to earn a degree and climb the school administration ladder. I find it terribly sad and a poor example for students for an educator to now dismiss those achievements as privilege. Also, Superintendent Mirapiri-Reed's comments regarding her role as superintendent, in her words, a role that is given formal authority, gives credence to your theory about the left struggle with authority. The fact that she sees her role as a school super as a source of privilege tells me that she is uncomfortable with the very idea of authority. Of course, I don't think she wants to give up any formal authority and doesn't have any qualms about exercising her positional privilege, as words started to spread in the community about her comments in the statute. Staff kickoff video privilege and authority were used to change uh, were used to change the access on YouTube from public to private so the super's comments could not be seen publicly. Keep pushing back, Glenn. Isn't that something? Wow. But that's true. Uh, if you go back to critical race theory, what's what's being advanced is the idea that if you do uh, if you do succeed in life, uh, that's merely a point of privilege. That your success in and of itself is a privilege. Right. It has nothing to do with you having earned it. Hard work, etc. Which is why the Hollywood template will be put uh, will be put in play.
2: Isn't it kind of fun, though, to just watch Hollywood disintegrate to what it's become? I think it's kind of fun.
1: Well, what's changing for me is I don't have to go to the movie theater. Right. I just, I can turn it on and watch it in my house. That's what I like. It can be on demand and yeah, stuff. Yeah, get get any you want. <laughs> technologies and stuff. Uh, who's this from? Just a minute. This is from Howard. Oh, over the weekend I visited Excuse me.
0: Roisy like account just let it out one time. Just let over the weekend
1: here. I visited my parents in Dickinson, North Dakota, during which time we took the we took in the exhibits at the Badlands Dinosaur Museum. It's not just any museum. It happens to be one of the nation's leading centers of dinosaur study. Much of their work is based in the Hell's Creek Formation, which is situated about 100 miles to the southwest. You have discussed it on your show. At any rate, there was one exhibit in particular that caught my attention. A collection of fossilized cypress stumps that were discovered mining coal in Stark County. I've included a photo of one. I saw it. It's it's a stump, all right. The reason I am sending you a photo of fossilized (laughs) cypress stump is because, to my knowledge, there isn't a known cypress copse currently in North Dakota, nor anywhere else very far north of New Orleans. The point is that the cypress is a southern tropical coastal tree that loves heat and humidity. I don't recall my youth in Stark County, North Dakota, being rooted in much heat, humidity, or the pleasures of coastal living. No, Joe, you guessed it. The reason for the absence of cypress in North Dakota is that the climate, change, as it always has and always will. Based on the current rate of change, do I foresee a time when Stark County is listed as a coastal destination getaway in a travel magazine? Perhaps, but I would not invest in vacation properties just yet. He also sent a picture of a T-Rex tooth, uh, and his hand was as big as the tooth, and he's really glad that meteor hit when it did. did.
0: (laughs) Really glad it hit when it hit. I hadn't thought about that, but Yeah. (laughs)
1: Say, uh, I want to remind you that at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, the north end of Hugo, they got a new burger, the Philly patty. Mm -mm -mm. Red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third pound beef patty. Throw those babies on a hoagie bun with some aju. This is the meat capital of the world. It's Grunhofer's in Hugo. They've got the brats, the steaks, the burgers, the sliders, the meatloaf. We get a couple of emails a week about the meatloaf alone. It's just fantastic. Spencer's adding on 2,500 square feet to accommodate the GarageLogic legions who have made this their go-to meat palace in all of Gumption County. And the weather's going to turn. We're going to get a lot more good grilling weather before the snow flies. And even then, GLers will... uh, Will be grilling. I had the, I had it wrong yesterday. I said seventy three days until December twenty first. That's a math problem. Uh, it's, it's about one hundred and twenty days, something like that. Uh, That's
2: why you're not allowed to do math. Well, I'll tell you
1: when when, when we come back. I want to I want to finish my salute to Grunhoffers. But when we come back, I'll tell you another problem I had with that. Uh, <laughs> In fact, I'm surprised you didn't uh, note it on the, on the Twitter. Reeves. Oh,
2: sorry. i sorry. Yeah. I must have missed yeah. it.
1: Well, I took it down, and you'll know why in just okay. a moment. all right. Uh, Spencer uh, Grunhofer, thanks to the GLers. The GLers, thanks, Spencer Grunhofer. It's been a, been a great marriage of meat. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> great marriage of meat. Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats on Highway 61 on the north end of Hugo. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self Esteem, Zip. Nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere.
2: Hey, please do us a favor. Go to the Twitter account of Harmony Spirits, at Harmony Spirits, super easy. And there you can go online and vote for them because they were one of 10 new distilleries that were nominated by the USA Today. And go there right now. I just did it. Go vote for them to become. USA Today's best new craft distillery in the entire country, maybe even the world. I'm not even sure about that, but Harmony Spirits—they are a go-to place for handcrafted spirits made right here in Minnesota. And I got an email too about the um, the new bourbon strength, or excuse me, the new barrel strength bourbon made from Harmony Spirits. Boy, I gotta make it. I'm due for another road trip down there. I gotta get down there pretty soon. But go to your local liquor store. Here's what's really important. How long would that be uh, down and back? I uh, did for... it. Remember, I did it a couple of weeks ago. I went down after the show.
1: Is it about an hour and a half down? It's or... about
2: two. Two hours two. down. Little, yeah. little Little over two. Okay. Uh, two hours there and two hours back, and I was back in time for the podcast the next day. Uh, but go to your local liquor store, and it's a beautiful drive too, by the way, Such. Go to your local liquor store, ask for Harmony Spirits by name. That is how we spread the word and help them continue to grow their brand. And they have a beautiful tasting room right there in the heart of downtown Harmony, Minnesota. Please let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. So I'm having a little trouble with this Twitter deal. Uh oh. <laughs>
1: Yesterday, I. Wait, uh,
2: what, what do you mean, having? Continue well, to have, I think, is more accurate.
1: Just to try to cheer up the members of the Royal Order of the 21sters. Sure. Uh, given this cold yeah. spell we're in, I, I tweeted out, uh, GLers, only 73 days till the gays get longer. Ooh. So I had a typo there. Oh, no. oh no. So oh. I. that was quickly pointed out to me by people giving me incredible oh. amounts of heat about that. Sure. Well, not only... not only it did I mean to say the days get longer. That was a typo. But I was counting the days until December 21st. That's about a, you know 120 days. I don't know why I came up with 73. So I just, then I, I deleted it. I tried to do it again. It didn't make sense. So I just said, Never mind. I took it both down. I just uh,
0: I can't. I, I only saw the never mind. Now I get it. Yeah. I thought you were kind of referring to the the rotten weather and all that. But that's yeah. so funny. No, it's it's just uh, <laughs> well, you know, things happen. There's no edit button. That's the problem with Twitter. There's no edit button.
1: All these people in the family are. Texting over here. We told you to never let him tweet. Uh, This was at five o'clock in the afternoon. This had nothing to do with anything except a typo and my inability to do math. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Take his phone away from him. That idiot can't even count. (laughs) That's so wonderful. let's let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. It's September ninth, right? Yeah. Yes. September on here. September 9th. So one, two, three. Uh, three and uh, 14 Not is 17 and do. four. 17 and four is 21. There we go. And you got 31 days in October, yeah. right? Oh, boy. Why? Are then
0: you, you, mean, you got 30. Reavers? Maybe we, should, we shouldn't We should allow this, should we, Reavers? Two, yeah. uh, three and three is six, and two is eight. We're up to 82. Stop taping, Chris.
1: Stop taping. And then if uh, <laughs> <taping>. uh, <laughs> you go to the 20... 20- 20, 20, uh, it'd be 100, let's see, 2, 8, and 2, 102 days, not 73.
2: There we go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm never going to do that again. Perfect help that for phone of yours. Uh, that phone of yours also has a calculator on it. I would advise you use it. I just did that uh, but with a pencil. Are you ready for this? Because this is what we're facing in the world, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, decline of everything is not limited to the borders of the United States, but can also be found... In the United Kingdom. <laughs> Alison Birch listed a job ad looking for a part-time qualified hairdresser oh, at her AJ's unisex hair salon in Stroud, Gloucestershire. All right. A hair salon says it was told by a job center it could not run an advertisement recruiting a happy stylist because the word is discriminatory against unhappy people. Ah! <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the position called for someone with five years' experience of working in a salon who is confident in barbering as well as all aspects of hairdressing. The advertisement stated, "This is a busy, friendly, small salon, so only happy, friendly stylists need apply." But uh, last week, Birch says she received a call from her local job center informing her they could not run her ad because the word "happy" is considered discriminatory. Birch claims the job center told her that the advertisement may make some people feel they cannot apply if they do not consider themselves to be a happy person. Birch shared the conversation she had with the job center on the salon's Facebook page. She claims the man at the job center said to her, I'm sorry, but the word happy is a discriminatory word and we aren't allowed to use it as somebody who is not happy will be discriminated against. According to Birch, he then asked, should we change the word in case somebody thinks they can't apply for the job because they are not a happy person? Uh, Birch said she was questioning herself. Was I a bit sensitive? Is the word happy discriminatory? Or has the whole world gone mad? Well, the whole world's gone mad. And plenty of Birch's customers agree with her outrage over the job center's ridiculous stance in her advertisement. Uh, Karen Evans commented, the world has gone absolutely mad. Does this mean that every descriptive word is is discriminative, happy, tall, smart, elegant? Good luck with yes. your search. Julie yeah. Thickens added, I thought this was a joke. Realizing it clearly isn't has left me absolutely speechless. What does the human race come to? And Charlie Brown wrote, you cannot make it up how ridiculous they're being. Stick to your guns, Allie. You are a happy salon and if some numpties cannot deal with that wording then tough and then jordy notes that they applied they asked kenny to apply instead, he's not he's well, not wait happy. a
2: minute wait a minute joe this is remarkable. i'm not happy which one are you dang it you were gonna bl- <laughs> i was gonna set you up too yeah. remember that story you did years ago on the radio about the short guy and he showed up at the building oh god
1: he's, he said i'm not happy i well, said which one are you
2: Not happy. Oh, yeah. Which one are you?
1: Did I tell you that? Uh, <laughs> did I tell you? Let me see if I can find it here. Not
2: Let's the horse one. No, not the horse one.
1: No, we're not doing that one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not finding it on the email. Uh, oh, sure. The email. Okay. Just a moment. Just right. a moment. Okay. Just a moment. Uh, a correspondent, Kelsey, provided this. Uh, he's always pr- trying to provide a bit of... Uh, levity uh-huh uh no, the uh the email is gone goofy so never mind i can't oh. uh yeah.
0: still can't no new it. printer huh too you haven't uh bought a new printer yet no but i got Eight a lot of, uh, of ink.
1: i got a lot of uh i got a lot of ink characters.
2: we did we did get an email from somebody that said let me get this straight the mayor's only print shop is out of black ink
1: mm-hmm. so, we could of to, so we can go to it was a week ago today <laughs> yeah I remember that. But in the meantime, I've laid in quite a supply oh, yeah. of, of yeah. ink. <laughs> and I've been getting, uh, I've been getting uh, emails from listeners telling me uh, what might be a better printer for me to own. Sure. And, uh, oh. Well, only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, from our friend Tom Lyman. Only because they come all the way. Uh, in 1993, Joe Hauser. I'm sorry. In 1933, on this date, Joe Hauser hits two home runs for the Minneapolis-Millers minor league baseball team, setting an American Association record for the season. Uh, I'll have to print this out to tell you what the record was. Okay. Just a minute. One. Just a minute. Uh, Nelson Cruz hit a couple yesterday, too, didn't he, or one? He
2: can, No, he hit one in each game in the doubleheader. One in each game. And it know. was funny. I was watching the first one. Like, oh, they got a couple innings here to get the ball. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I forget they only play seven when they do these double-headers. Yeah, yeah. I'm still opposed. I'm still opposed. I don't like it. No. I don't like it. Uh, By the way, while you print that out, uh, Dr. Fauci was interviewed by, I believe, Fox News, and he had the following to say about the president's revelations in Woodward's interview. Dr. (laughs) Fauci says that he never got the sense that President Trump was downplaying COVID-19, quote, I didn't get any sense that he was distorting anything in my discussions with him. They were always straightforward about the concerns that we had, end quote. That's okay. Those, well, that's, those were
1: Fauci's private discussions with him. What, what's at issue, or what what Woodward will push to the forefront at issue, were p- uh, Trump's public comments.
0: Yeah, well, but like if, we've said... He could pass gas and it would be a a, a national outrage. Give me a break. And if Fauci,
2: I mean, if he thought he was lying, you know, wouldn't he have come forward?
0: I I
1: think Fauci's done a brilliant job of walking a tightrope. Let's put it that way. I I think he's Uh, been brilliant. On this day, in this day in 1933, Joe Hauser hits two home runs for the Minneapolis Millers minor league baseball team, setting an American Association record of 69 home runs in a season. Hauser had also set the International League record at 63 home one, home runs with the Baltimore Orioles in
2: 1930. What's the current Major League record? Well, it depends on who you ask because it's Barry Bonds, Whoa. and some people think that that's a tainted. Okay, what is? How many did he hit? 71, I believe. Yeah, that's, 71, an that's an asterisk. That's an asterisk. That's an asterisk. Or, or it's McGuire with 70, and we all know he was – on the vitamin C. Well, so too. give me
0: the non juiced number, Chris. Uh well What's I think you'd non-juiced? still have
2: to go back to you'd still have to go hey? back to Henry Aaron. Right. Which a lot of people do. The man. But that's the not not for the season though.
1: My favorite quote in sports was Henry Aaron's quote. Do you recall what I told you? I, I told know you you've before. told it
2: before, but I can't remember.
1: His mom comes out on the field and hugs him, and Henry said, I didn't know my mom could hug that tight.
2: That's such a great line.
1: That's my other favorite line is, Ben, what happened when Ben Crenshaw was in the running to win a third Masters? And it was raining hard on Saturday. He's marching up 18. He screws it up. Ben, what happened? Ran out of towels. <laughs> Sometimes those little quotes are the best ones because you can build something yeah. all around them.
2: You know? I better clarify because we're going to get a 1,000 emails. Kenny Roger Maris hit 61. He was beat by Sosa McGuire the summer of 98. Barry Bonds beat him in the summer of 2001. Yeah. Oh. So there you go.
0: Forgot about
2: Roger Maris. Yeah. That's the season. That's the one. Well,
1: Hank was career
2: total, not a season. Correct. Record. Correct. Yeah. And that's why I wanted yeah. to clarify. What was Hank? Seven fourteen. Seven. No, that was Babe. Uh, oh. Hank is seven fifty five. Yeah. Think, that, that. Do you think they'll ever get beaten? Well, Barry beat it. Didn't he? Barry beat but it. That doesn't he? count. I'm not counting yeah. Barry. Well, no. Yeah, we don't I, count I well, A Rod had a chance, so, but so. but he just. He ran out of vitamins, A-Rod did, but everybody thought A-Rod was going to do it. And on this date in
1: 1884, a tornado struck the lumber mill at Marine on the St. Croix, blowing away a million board feet of cut lumber. Wow. Oh, boy. Boy, that clogged up the river, huh? Wow. I guess. Yeah. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. All right, GLers, hang in there. We've got a lot of pushbacking to do. I'll say. Tomorrow's Positive (laughs) Thursday.
2: Already, that's right. right. I'll do my best. I'll do my
1: best. Mike Schoonover joining us. If you
2: haven't tried it, download the PodMN app. It's free in the Apple and Google Play stores, and you can find past episodes of Garage Logic, Monday Night Sports Talk, Table Talk, The Fret Club, and hundreds of other Minnesota-made podcasts. And when you listen on the app, you can win prizes, including Garage Logic merchandise. And do us a favor, give us a review in the Apple and Google App Stores. Odd MN. Listen local. We'll catch you, bras, tomorrow. Okay, brah. See you, bro. Yeah, okay, bras.